Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony's Take Podcast, episode 181. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Off-Road Andy. Hello, I'm happy to be so close today. Wildly close. Yeah. The Tony Cats. Yes, thank you. Your wall is getting a little more closed in on you. Yeah, I know. I don't know how much more, how much longer I have. <laughs> and then, uh, and his chair is still standing, Wrecking Ball. <laughs> So thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button and share with a friend. But this is our sports entertainment, or not our sports and entertainment, just our sports podcast. Make sure you check out the entertainment, though. But let's uh, dive right in. We got some NFL to talk about. Yeah, we're uh, deep into training camp now. And, um, you know, some injuries are happening, as it, as it always happens. But it seems less than usual. But there is one big uh, NFL transaction this week, and that is uh, the Baltimore Ravens cut Earl Thomas, a like multi pro bowler, like a you know, a guy who might make the Hall of Fame, just an incredible safety who I guess has just been a problem since he's arrived in Baltimore I, last he's year. He's always been off his rocker though, so to be fair. Yeah, with he, he was with the Seahawks, he was great, but that ended horribly. Yeah, that's when he why flipped I, off his team basically as he left. Yeah, do you remember that, Joe? Yeah. That was those that, that was your team, right? That's my team, dog. It was Pete Carroll that he was doing that to. PD. How dare he disrespect wasn't, wasn't the reason because he was hurt and didn't want to play, but they like kind of made him play anyway type thing? He wanted an extension heading into his final oh, year. Oh, and he got hurt. And he got hurt in the final year, so which is what they're always trying to protect against uh, NFL players. That's why yeah. they always want to get that extension first. But yeah. uh, I don't know. It's like you sign the contract. That's it, how it works. Uh, and, and even though he got hurt, he still got a good contract from Baltimore. And uh, I think now Baltimore's on the hook that they're 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 trying to uh, argue that because he he punched a teammate in practice and he's also missed meetings that they're trying to argue that uh, he was you know cut for co- conduct detrimental to, t- to the team so they can get out of the contract but uh, I don't think that's going to happen they're yeah. just going to have to eat that money but I mean at this point the rosters are set and everything what are you going to do mm-hmm. yeah there's potential talks that he might be landing up in Dallas and that's going to be pretty scary because I think with a safety with his experience could definitely be the anchor of that defense and I feel like they're They've got the best shot this year. Definitely the acquisitions they got in the draft. I mean, that that offense should be amazing. Yeah. That they were talking about how good Michael Gallup has looked in training camp. And it's like, that guy's their number three receiver now. Yeah. You think, so. yeah, still? Like, I mean, I guess we haven't seen what C.D. Lamb can do yet. Well, yeah, just, just off the assumption that, you know, he's so talented. But Yeah, Amari Cooper's definitely going to still draw attention. And if you're saying this Gallup kid's running routes, he's like their new... Cole Beasley, he's going to be definitely getting open, and then puts a lot of uh, you know everything on the back for Prescott. Yeah, I think he's still he's playing on that uh, franchise deal there, and uh, wants, that's what's going to come down to with Prescott is how motivated is he? Is he better be pretty motivated? Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know where Earl Thomas is going to land, and maybe maybe nowhere. Maybe this stuff is actually uh, worse than it seems. It's like yeah, maybe it could be like an Antonio Brown thing. I mean, these guys do have a, a lot of these guys do have you know some issues with their mental part of their health game and they are sometimes cancers in the team and no matter how great of an athlete they might be and how good of an asset they are on the field the off the field stuff just overpowers it because you don't want to be on a team where you know there's a lot of uh just like cancer stuff going on in the locker room where guys are fighting each other or yelling at each other and and this is baltimore one of the super bowl favorites so if they're willing to cut a player of his caliber you know i think there's a there's an issue there but uh, you see these type of people, they do get picked up somewhere. The Raiders are always willing to pick up someone who is seemingly a problem. But Yeah, and I feel like Dallas, too, to be honest. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. They had uh, Hardy 
he signed with Dallas. Yeah. Um, after getting cut for like punching a woman, so come on down. We'll give you, know. you a chance. Yeah. <laughs> you gonna play, boy? Uh, I think that's all I have for football. I think we're we're getting closer and closer, but. Well, there was like a, a a scare where they had some positive tests. They turned out to be false positives. So. Of course, that's of course they did. Yeah, don't yeah. end football. We got to keep yeah. these guys going. I saw uh, one thing I did see was that the Miami Dolphins said on their home opener, which is September twentieth, that they plan on having like thirteen thousand fans, which is a new record for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, that's funny because you made that joke because I made that joke in a group text to my friends, and then our other buddy made that group t- that same joke to me in another group chat of friends. So it's it is funny that. Three minds. I mean, that's more the Marlins that uh, have the attendance oh, issues. Yeah. But yeah, that was the most obvious joke today when the uh, the Rams and Chargers announced today that no one will be in the stadium. So, Boo. which was, I mean, obvious. It's, like, I, I, I thought that was already announced for. Some I mean, reason. it's outside. One can argue it's outside. Well, they got that roof now. You know, yeah, they got, it, the Coliseum is great, but now they're in a they're new not spot. in the Coliseum. They're, so. they're going to be in this SoFi Stadium. Yeah. It'll be fun to watch that. Even though it'll be empty, but yeah, yeah, they're they're going to be playing in the Rams house. We'll, though. we'll get the uh, the tour. I'm sure they're going to show all the cool stuff off. But wasn't like Taylor Swift supposed to open it or something? Yeah, yeah. that's not happening, right? No. Fact, all the concerts got canceled like day after like COVID yeah. hit the world. It was like March 18th, and everyone was like, "There will be no concerts ever again." They can have her do it and have a no crowd. That'll be cool. No, they've already announced <laughs> her. No, they told her a while back. Yeah. Also, I mean, I mean, I guess a Taylor Swift concert. I mean. Mm, I have my opinions on that because a Taylor Swift concert, obviously that's going to draw in a big crowd, but I don't think a Taylor Swift concert is what we want for a sports stadium. I think maybe we get like Kiss to come back or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gene Simmons, yeah. full tongue out. Maybe an NWA reunion show. Okay, there you go. Oh, wow. Which I mean, it would be pretty hard to get because yeah. one, you know, one of the guys is one dead. The main Hologram. But <laughs> Ice Cube is still in the area, I believe. Yeah, He's, maybe Snoop Dogg can fill in yeah. for... Uh, What's his face? Easy. Yeah. He's doing those Corona, corona commercials, commercials now. Yeah. You see him every day when I'm watching Hulu. Anyone that has Hulu knows what we're talking about. You see the same six commercials Wearing every day. Hulu <laughs> has live sports. Yep. All right. Well, speaking of live sports, let's keep going to sports that are in session. I'm talking about, how about NBA? Go for okay. it, Andy. Start us <laughs> off. Oh, Andy. Randy. You're the one that has the list here. I don't even have the what? list of what we're talking yeah. about. Well, um, you know, round one. We're, we're about halfway through round one. Um, I mean, all the way through the round one for some teams. The uh, Celtics did sweep the Sixers. Not a surprise. I think a lot of people were like, oh, what a terrible job of the Sixers. But I think that was pretty predictable heading into the series. Uh, that team has had its issues. Um, Brett Brown has been fired, their coach. Yeah, and I that's what that was I was going to say. A year about, too late, it seems like. That's yeah. what I was going to say about Brett Brown getting fired is that when we're talking about off field stuff, is that Richardson, Josh Richardson, who came in a trade this year from Miami said, and he wasn't even there all season, said that there was no like discipline on that team, that he just did not have control of that team. And it shows when you look at Embiid and Simmons, because Embiid and Simmons, I thought Charles Barkley said it good. He's like, they have to become like, they have to grow up and become superstars and leaders, not just all-stars, because that's really what those two are. They're, they're just all-stars. Like Embiid and Simmons are, cannot lead a team to a championship, especially with their attitudes that they have. They just, Embiid, you can just see it in his face. He quits. Like, you know, there was a play where, um, uh, Boston scored and the ball started kind of trickling away and the clock's still ticking. He's just like light walking to it until finally like the ref stopped the clock and went and grabbed it. It wasn't even that far away from him. He just carelessly walked to it because he didn't give a shit. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe that is with the head coach. Maybe now that they're going to get a new head coach, maybe they can add a piece or two and maybe 
that'll inspire Embiid and Simmons to give a shit, but something does have to change with them. And Embiid's just a giant kid that if he doesn't get his way, he starts, he makes it known out there. He starts like rolling his eyes. He just, he just doesn't have like the motivation. Yeah. They did announce today that they also are not pursuing a trade for either of those guys, which uh, people have been asking for like multiple years now to, uh, uh, those two can't play together and need to break them up. Um, it reminds me a lot of Blake Griffin and Chris Paul, where, you know, after a couple years of not doing anything in the playoffs, people were like, maybe those two just don't work together and they need to, you know, find a trade for one of them. And, you know, I always thought, oh, no, just just let it go, let it go. And eventually, uh, it did. we did find out later, like, oh, those two didn't like each other at all. And that's, yeah. even though sometimes they looked like they played well together, they, they didn't get along at all. And maybe they should have made a move sooner. Yeah. Um, rather than, you know, later, which was Chris Paul demanding what, to be moved. That's so. what people forget when you're watching a sports game. It's all smoke and mirrors. Like, yeah, they're out there and they're teammates. They obviously are pushing each other, cheering each other, but it's like off the court if they don't get along together. Like, I remember seeing a uh, Sports Illustrated article like years ago, probably like 2010 or something or 11 when uh, when James Harden was still on the Thunder with, and it was like James, it was the year they went to the finals, I think, against the Heat. So whatever year that was, 2010 or 11, I believe. 12, I think. Maybe 12. But regardless, they were talking about how like that Thunder team was so close. Like they would go bowling together. They'd go to the movies together. Like they just bonded. And you just don't. And so, and it's like, and look, they got to the finals. But, and that was with a lot of what are now three superstars were on that team. And then now you look at, and so, yeah, when some teams don't have like a discipline or they're not bonding or they don't like each other, it definitely can be a problem. Well, it's definitely unfortunate that they both play under the rim. And then with that big ass contract that they gave Al Horford, I mean, what, like, what are you supposed to do with that guy? Unfortunately, that's that's not working out with them either. Yeah, I think they really didn't know what to do these last three years. That they turned so that team two years ago, which really should have went to the conference finals, they kind of choked against Boston. Um, they turned uh, Saric and Covington into Jimmy Butler, who then they turned into Josh Richardson. It's like, well, that's kind of a a weird path to take, but then, uh, yeah, also, uh, losing JJ Redick, who they, they brought in JJ Redick for one year, seemed to work well. He provided some shooting and then he was gone after a year. And then, uh, yeah, Tobias Harris, they traded for, and that probably was the right move. All they gave up as far as current players was, was Landry Shamit. It's like, yeah, would, I mean, you might like Landry Shamit, but you think you'd rather have Tobias Harris. So I don't know. They just had a lot of change over these last three years and, they haven't figured it out, and the Horford thing. The guy has been had been solid, probably one of the more underrated players for so long. Yeah. But in the end, he's he was mid thirties already, and once your body stops working as well, you just lose that effectiveness. Yeah. So they, yeah. they couldn't they couldn't predict that, well, that I mean, he would yeah, decline we, so much. Al Horford was really good when you had that fun Hawks team like a few years back when yeah. like they still had a it was Joe Johnson Al Horford was on that team right with Joe Johnson like in the like the yeah 2009 or 10 or was he not there yet um i mean he was there but the, who did the really play with when he was actually a like really good? good team uh, i'm trying to remember who all those players were they had Millsap they had Schroeder they had uh, Teague yeah, yeah Jeff, Jeff Teague, Teague. Cor- Kyle Corver like remember yeah, they had that team yeah. that all of them made the all-star team i feel like we're team. missing a guy though i feel like they had Damari Carroll <laughs> it was Damari Carroll yeah, but I thought they had like a. What year do we think that was? I'm gonna look it up. I think it I mean, like, Joe Johnson might have still been on the team, but um, yeah, that wasn't that really good year they had. Like when he when Joe Johnson was what is that his peak when he yeah. was scoring like 28 a game? That was not that year. Jeff Teague was a baller. Yeah, but that yeah, that only lasted a couple of years. But I, I was thinking the same thing where 
you know, you see Joakim Noah on the bench there for the Clippers, like hasn't barely played at all uh, since signing with them. Didn't play much last year. And it's like they were the same college team. Remember, that was yeah. such a dominant so line. Their, their best year was the 2014-2015 season where they went 60-22. and 22. And on that team was, that are notable names, Kent Bazemore, Elton Brand, Damari Carroll, Al Horford, Kyle Korver, Paul Millsap, Dennis Schroeder, Mike Scott, Jeff Teague, and like Tabo Shefalo. Oh, yeah. That's where Tabo came into defensive presence. Well, that's where that team got uh, screwed over. That's when Cephalosha got beat up by the cops. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I remember that. (laughs) Broke his leg. (laughs) So I think that team was, I think that was because that was when Paul Millsap was like in his prime still. That's what I think I was missing. Paul Millsap and Horford were a great duo. And then Damari Carroll was pretty good and Bazemore. And I think Korver put up 20 a game that year. Well, yeah, that was going to say, like they were were just talking about that the other day when he's, because he's on Milwaukee now. With his three-point shooting, I think it was one of the Van Gundys, was like, is Kyle Korver just going to be like 45 years old out here still hitting threes? And I was like, honestly, he could be. Because him and J.J. Redick look like they could play forever. Well, they're staying low on the perimeter, but it's also like Ray Allen did it. So, you yeah. know, and he was well, pure threes. I, there's something about those three-point guys that stay around a while because they don't, they don't Jason drive Terry. in. Jason yeah. Terry was playing last Jamal year. Jamal Crawford? Yeah. I mean, but Jamal Crawford drives in, though, a lot, too. He's got yeah. a lot to his game. But if there's something about those three-point shooters, they just... They seem healthy and they stay strong. I don't know. Splash. Splash that. Well, the other sweep, uh, the Nets, not surprising either. Underman team. And you know what, though? Uh, but this is for next year. The Nets. the Nets. And the Nets gave them their best. I mean, it was ugly in some games, but the Nets gave, like, gave them a good game, too. You know, the, the Nets did not quit at all. They went out yeah. there and they played, you know, they played hard. They gave it their all, I think. And that team, I honestly, they're already my... Eastern favorites going into next year, I think. With Durant and Irving coming back, they're going to have a new coach. And I think uh, a lot of these young guys showed themselves. Like that one Timothy whatever guy like came out. Le Quad uh, or something. Joe Harris is that good sniper shooter. You've got Jared Allen down low. Temple's uh, Karis LeVert and uh, who's the other guy? Temple. Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie. I don't know if they're going to keep the, all those people together though. Yeah, but They probably can't. But yeah. they'll at least keep, I'm sure, some of them. Yeah. Uh, Karis Levert's the real deal, though. I give a lot of props to that kid. He's a mismatch for a lot of guards, and he tried. He played really well. It's, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. Definitely get some production off the, you know, any starting lineup. I think pretty solid. Yeah. So that, that's really we'd really need to evaluate that team next year. The Heat. Um, the Heat did a sweeping too. Uh, did that finish? Did that yeah. Work? Okay. Four zero. Swept that was the Pacers. A, Indiana looked like shit. Yeah, it dude. wasn't a dominant sweep. There was a lot of like they won by nine or like eleven every game. It seemed like. Um, but you know, Indiana lost uh, Sabonis, and then the Oladipo thing was weird. He played, but it was like I don't know. Yeah, and then TJ Warren. TJ Warren was like he had a great like season in the bubble, and then he came to the playoffs, and he, I think he had a decent game one, and then after that, it was just Jimmy Butler and company just kind of shoved him, shut him down. Yeah, and that that Miami team, they're good, dude. Honestly, yeah, I'm saying it right now. Especially the East, I think the whole thing's wide open. I think there's a handful of teams that actually have potential to win the whole thing, especially only because also there's no home court. Yeah. I think the fact that there's no home court people are forgetting is like a huge, a huge thing. You know, you don't sleep in your beds the night before. You're not like in the comfort of your own routine. You're not in front of your home crowd, you know. They don't and even Chris Weber said it. He said sometimes in those home court games, I mean, obviously not all the refs, but he's like, there are certain refs that get like jitty with that home court advantage and maybe a call a block instead of a charge because it's the home team. You know what I mean? 
Like they're afraid to blow that. If it's a 50-50 call like that, they're afraid to blow the whistle against the home crowd. I mean, that's just what Chris Webber said. Oh, Chris yeah. Webber was also in the famous series with the Dunahee where, <laughs> you know, he completely fixed that entire series. But Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, Chris Webber's known for not handling pressure well, calling timeouts yeah. when he shouldn't. Yeah, Chris Webber likes to just like bag on the pass. He's he's still living in like nineteen ninety something. Him and I, I wish I could as well. Yeah, honestly, what a life. Those were the days. Play a little, uh, go to the arcade. Play a little Street yeah. Fighter, Capcom versus Marvel, Pac Man. Okay, you know, we're not on nineteen, we're not in the fifties here. On a Friday night, you can either go out or you can stay in and watch Boy yeah, Meets that's, World that's and Full House. That's just what a, what a life in the nineties were. Those were like live though at the time. Do you yeah. even know what days like those shows actually came out? Like new episodes. Fridays. That's what it's called. TGIF. Was it? Yeah. Thank God it's Even, Fridays. I know the Simpsons were always Sunday. Still yeah. are. Because they're still around. But I mean, that TGIF lineup back in the day, just killer. What about, was it better? Notch. Was it better than like Saturday morning cartoons? Oh, for me. Goosebumps was yes. on Saturday mornings on Fox. Yeah. I would say it was better, but I guess it depends on who you are. Yeah. I mean, I even like Step by Step because I was stupid back then. But Tim like Legler, step by step. Tim Legler definitely gave some love to the Heat. He was saying like they're definitely one of the best passing teams around right now, and that Robinson's hitting those threes and stuff like that. They're only getting stronger defensive presence, and they're good to go. But like Tony's saying, I definitely see the East being really open. I think it's definitely open. I mean, there's going to be the final four is going to be Milwaukee. So what? Milwaukee versus Miami and Boston versus Toronto. Yes, yes. those are going to be two great series. Yeah. I think Toronto. I think Toronto's going to get past Boston, but like in six or seven, I think I do think Milwaukee's going to get past Miami, but it's not going to be easy because if there's going to be at least one or two games where Miami is hot from three, and the way Dragic is playing right now, yeah, he could lead them past them. Milwaukee has not looked impressive against there's Orlando. There's going to be a, a fight, not like a huge fight, but like a Jimmy Butler and Giannis are going to get a little into it. You think so? Yeah. I mean, Marvin, the Marvin Williams already fought uh, fought uh, James Ennis. Yeah, I mean, that team, I think, is is a little upset with everything that's going on. So I think they're not totally stable. And then Jimmy Butler is 100% not stable. No, yeah. So Did he ever come back in the game yesterday? Because I know he left with an, a shoulder injury. I don't know anything about yeah. his well, future. I'm sure he'll be fine, whatever it is. Do we uh, want to... Talk West Coast at all? Have we? I mean, the Western Conference is, I guess, more fun. It's a lot more um, fun. There's two yeah. sweeps in the East. Well, Denver, or three uh, sweeps in the East. So did Denver lose here? I mean, we're we're still going. Recording. Just update us with a score, Joe. Yeah, uh, I can't. I don't know it right now. It's on commercial. Can't, can't read. It's on commercial. <laughs> I think it was, watching uh, it. Ninety-three to ninety-one. I'll give everybody. Okay, it's the, close. Okay. Yeah. I'll see. I got one hundred one, one hundred three. Okay, so just a little off, Joe. Okay, well that's weird. I got. Oh yeah, one hundred one, one hundred three, Denver. With 3.20 to go in the fourth. Joe, you're not watching it up to date. I'm glad you're watching the game while you're on the pod, by the way. So, Denver, even if they, they if they hold on to win here, they'll have two close wins while Utah has won, like, a couple blowouts. Yeah. Um, I don't know that Denver will actually come back to win this series. I don't think no so. No way. But um, Utah's looked good, and it's kind of scary to think that if they had Bogdanovich, I think that team would be able to compete with anybody. Splash. Uh, they were the hot pick, remember, coming into the season. Yeah, they struggled and, a little bit. And it didn't seem to work out this season. But, uh, but I, this, this bubble stuff is weird, so who I knows? still think – I mean, now, now obviously the Lakers have looked complete because the, the, they lost that game one, which we actually watched together in here after our podcast last Tuesday. And then game two was an annihilation. Game three was a little closer, but they pulled away one by, I think, eight. And then game four was another annihilation. So 
Yeah, they that, that game one was an anomaly, anomaly because the Lakers shooting was the worst maybe anyone's ever seen that one game. And while the Lakers aren't good at shooting, they're not as bad as that was. Yeah. They were 5 of 32. If they were 10 of 32, that would have been really bad still. And they would have won that game easily. Yeah. So that's just, All, they just had to turn it around a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And also it's, uh, yeah, I mean, they seem like they're getting it going together. I mean, getting it going, I just think, uh, is I think they'll get past Portland. I think it ends tomorrow or today if you're listening to this on Wednesday. Yeah. And Lillard won't play, so that's... Yeah. Is that what they said? Yeah. yeah. That's uh, so that, you know what, though? That's Lillard already saying it's yeah. over. Because yeah. remember, Lillard already was even unsure about playing if it didn't mean anything. So Lillard's one of those guys also that... Realistic. They just got uh, too much momentum. He's going to work on his rap career. And then we've got the... I'm sorry, Andy, to bring it up, but the other exciting series. Is, <laughs> you want to save it for last... Okay, so we're still talking other so, series. Yeah. We can talk okay, about OKC Houston is a weird series. Oh, okay. The Rockets breaking records. <laughs> so you, I watched that game yesterday, and the Rockets came out hot in the third. It was they were only up. I think they were tied at halftime. They come out hot in the third, going starting off eight for eight from three. They had like twenty four points or twenty six points in the first six minutes. They were out on fire. But you know what they say, right, Andy? What's the old motto with a three pointer? You live by the three, you die by it. They were they murdered up, by it. They ended up dying by it because the last quarter and a half, I think they ended like four for like 26 from three or something. And Oklahoma City, led by Chris Paul, and they even had the stat that said Oklahoma City had the best record in the NBA this year in, crunt, in clutch time, which to the NBA standards means a game that's five points or less with five minutes to go. Oklahoma City was in the most had the best record for those games, which you know obviously means there's obviously some great teams out there that didn't have as many clutch games as Oklahoma did because they were a very, you know, mediocre team. They had a lot of close games, but uh, the guy that led the league in scoring in what was considered clutch time was Chris Paul, and Chris Paul just you know he does it. You know he seems automatic with some of those like some of those little mid range shots when he wants to be, but you know Oklahoma City. I mean uh, Houston just bit themselves in the foot. I mean. He Harden got a rebound with I think down by two or with the game tied and just threw a who's that backup that used to be on San Diego Andy that threw interceptions all the time like it was just a couple years ago he came in one time threw like five interceptions because it was a ball like that that just got picked off by Gallinari right. and then like he wasn't good and then he still was like finding himself on teams like a year or two later and like starting even I'm gonna look that up because it's gonna bug me he but he played for who he played for the Chargers he threw had a game where he threw like Five or six intercept, like four or five interceptions. The Chargers have had one quarterback for like forty-five years. No, he came in as like a backup. Oh, I don't know. Here, I'll, I'll find out. But anyway, yeah, Houston just blew that game, and uh, we got ourselves a series there. I mean, it's kind of impre- I don't know if Russell Westbrook's supposed to come back at all, but it's I'm impressed by this Oklahoma City team that they're those have been fun and schroeder has been the factor. He's been the reason. Well, he was yeah. he was pretty bad the first two games. He's a nuisance, so. man. That's that makes a difference when you have a player, you know, suck, um, and then they turn it around. You know, yeah, you got a better chance. No, All right, you find this guy. <laughs> I know. I'm still looking. I'll I'll say it when I see it. So I got to watch most of the games on Thursday. Flying uh, Southwest gives you live TV. It's a little blurry and grainy, but still pretty awesome. But I didn't get to watch because they have ESPN live TV, but they don't have TNT, so I didn't get to watch majority of that laker game until i had my connecting flight i'll get into this in more in depth uh, on the entertainment pod but uh, i watched that while waiting for our second flight in las vegas which you wouldn't have thought there was anything going on there uh filthy yeah yeah it's just gross but 
Yeah, I got to see them pick them apart, which was kind of cool for the Lake Show. But yeah, I got to watch a lot of uh, On the Plane. All right, well, so we got to talk about the Clippers now and the, oh, the Mavericks oh, series. Oh, SpaghettiOs. I watched this so, game at my parents' house. So games are I, pretty badass. Um, I might be one of the least qualified people to talk about this because I you turned it off. watched <laughs> very little of the series. I said this last week after game one that uh, I turned it off after they blew the lead because I'm just disgusted with the way they play. Um, that they had uh, a 13-minute sequence where they got outscored by 30, and that should never happen if you're a think you're a championship caliber team. Um, that was that was my statement. So game two, they wasn't they weren't really good all game, and uh, we're kind of losing the whole way. Uh, but game three it was the opposite. They were better than the Mavericks all game long, and pretty much had that game under control. You know, despite uh, the magic of Seth Curry. That somehow he uh, got that uh, alien power from Space Jam and tricked his brother yeah. into uh, you know giving him his powers because I think he's shooting ninety percent in the series or something. It's 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 incredible um, how that guy can be so good along with Trey Burke as well, a guy they pick up off the street. Oh, those two shoot- shooters are just yeah. I mean, Seth Curry is a good shooter. He led the league in percentage last year. Trey Burke has never been a consistent three-point shooter. Obviously, he can make them, but he, there's a reason why he's been on like nine teams and is always looking for a job. He is not a 40% type shooter, and I don't get it. He, If you leave him open, he will make it. Well, they just uh, have a very productive bench, and then you could lose Porzingis like they have been and then still score points, and they're actually doing efficiently better. Yeah, when, uh, when Luka got hurt in game three there... Um, the game was like a 15-point game, and the bench came in and got it all the way down to like seven at one point. Uh, and to that point, the Mavericks actually played better with Luka on the bench. It seems crazy, but that sometimes happen happens when like a ball-dominant player leaves. The other, the rest of the guys kind of get their chance and really, you know, step up. Yeah. Um, that's not to say that if they lost him that they would play well all game, but it did seem like throughout that series, whenever he went out, uh, Curry and Burke would come in and, and would roast the Clippers. And um, they've just kept it up. Well, you're also long. forgetting their secret weapon, Boban. All right, Andy. So I found yeah. it, and I apologize. It wasn't the Chargers. I was thinking of the Bills, Nathan Peterman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when he had that, I just was looking it up. All I had to type in was quarterback that threw a lot of interceptions. And it said how, like, some guy from the Bears in the 50s has the record for eight in a game. And seven other quarterbacks have thrown six in a game. But Nathan Peterman threw five in the first half. So that was against the Chargers. That's okay, probably. that's what it was then. All right. I knew that I had a feeling the Chargers I think were like in Peterman. That his first career game, I think he threw three in like the first three drives, like right and away. The reason why I was saying that uh, I remember a team gave him a chance is because that motherfucker was on Hard Knocks last summer because <laughs> he was on the Raiders. Yeah, Gruden loved him. He's like, oh, ah, yeah. I've turned this kid. Into... I don't know yeah. what happened to him if he's still around, but no, I don't think he yeah. is. Yeah. So this uh. Mavericks Clippers series is definitely interesting. Porzingis was great. He was great in game three. And then somehow yeah, so he's just too big of a man. They're not playing. I mean, Porzingis isn't playing tonight. Last we saw like that lines up to eight and a half. Personally, I think Clippers come out. And I think they win by double digits tonight. I think they so, have to. So based on game four, I thought that was going to happen. That, that's why I said I'm not watching anymore because game four, they got up to 21 a couple of minutes into the second quarter it looked like they were just going to destroy the Mavericks. Luca was not fully healthy, even though he was still productive, uh, but he couldn't move as well. And they finally f- solved the Dallas defense. It looked like yeah. Dallas's defense is horrible. Uh, the Clippers' offense needed to be better, and they they were in that 
yeah. to start that uh, game four. The- and then it just all fell apart. And I, I can't, as a fan who's seen this with every single team they like, I just can't do it anymore. It's... <laughs> The heartbreak. It's just horrible. It's. I mean, we haven't even talked about the the biggest storyline of the series. I think. I mean, there's Luca winning with the game winning shot and the, the injury, but obviously the storyline is Paul George and the. Uh, just it's it's the worst shooting stretch in a playoff series. Yeah. Since the 40s, they said and in the 40s they probably shot like 12 percent, like and that was good. <laughs> so one of uh one of our favorites on the pod, Tommy. Shout out if he's uh if you're listening, but. Him and I were saying how we uh, he had messaged me the other day because after I think it was after game one. Did they lose game one or game two? The Clippers. Game two. Game two. So it was after game two. And he said we had been talking when I last saw him at his place of work a few nights before that, that he said like, you know, and he was right. He said, you know, Paul George, the one thing about him is he doesn't seem to show up in the playoffs. And so, okay. This is the thing that needs to be talked about. Let me let me talk about him. Sorry to interrupt you. Go, go ahead. But here's well, no, the thing. You're always going to be biased. So, I mean. No. I mean, I actually, I, I did the research on it. I watched a video on it. Uh, Paul George was pretty good in the playoffs throughout his Indiana career. Yeah. When they he, he went toe-to-toe against, against LeBron, LeBron yeah. and Wade. Yeah. Held his own. He wasn't, he's not as good of a player as either of those guys. Yeah. And was held young. Them. But he was, he showed us, he showed his toughness. Um, in Oklahoma City, before their first career playoff game, a reporter asked him about if he's going to guard Donovan Mitchell. Because he didn't guard him ever in, in the regular season. Mm-hmm. And he said... Well, you know, things are different. You know, we'll do some different things. And he's like, he's never seen playoff P before, which was like, I, the point he's making is Paul George prides himself on his defense. Mm-hmm. And he's like, in the playoffs, you turn your defense up, you give it your all. And he's basically making a point. I'm going to, yeah, there'll be times where I'm going to guard him. And uh, so people mocked him for this calling yourself playoff yeah. P, which is like, you've never won a title. Why could, why would you do this? Yeah. Um, I get that. And they ended up losing that series, and he had a very bad uh, game five, which they they're eliminated in. And but overall, it's like that's one bad series. Last year against Portland, he was actually really good throughout that series. But whatever yeah. remembers from that series, and is Damian Lillard had a forty footer in his yeah, face to end yeah. the series, and then gave him a little wave. Yeah, and it was like, okay, Paul George was third in MVP last last year. Yeah, like at. It sucked that he lost, but and like that was not his fault that Damian Lillard hit that crazy yeah. shot. Anyone who has ever played basketball knows, like, what do you do against that? Yeah, so like, you don't also anticipate him to do a step back well, fifty footer. If we notice it, that's and I've said <laughs> this, and I know I've said this before on the podcast. Is that what? That's what it is in today's uh, NBA. Is people don't care anymore about driving in, doing like what Jordan did and hitting game winning eighteen foot jump shots. They want the game winning thirty foot jump shot. That's what. I mean, how far was Luca's shot the other day? 32 feet or something? 30 feet? It was deep. And then, yeah, easy. And then 27 feet, 30 feet, somewhere around there. Lillard's was like 35 feet when he did it in front of Paul George. I mean, that's what it is. They feel like there's more. It seems like it's not as exciting to go in and hit a floater with a second left or hit a mid-range jump shot. It's like all these guys in today's NBA want. And that's what hurts some teams because they'll be down by two with 13 seconds left, and they'll run it down, and some guy will do a step back and heave up a – 26 footer at the buzzer when it's like dude like drive in or like get a mid-range jumper but that's just how it is in today's uh world pretty soon they'll be shooting from like beyond half court for the game winners (laughs) like that lebron commercial way back in the day oh yeah like a powerade commercial (laughs) or something (laughs) oh damn there was also that lebron thing on uh 60 minutes where he was on he got the ball from the other free throw line had it in his hand and threw it like underhand and made it and they were just like what the fuck like they were just filming and he did it and he he made it, and he just like 
granted how many times did he really do it because then of course in the thing he says it only takes one take which it's like yeah. no it doesn't you aren't the Harlem Globetrotters it's also that one guy that was surfing that hurricane wave and they're out there and like, oh my god there, there's a guy on that wave I think that was the same commercial yeah well well. anyways uh, the the Paul George playoff reputation was kind of a fiction but that's all I heard this year everywhere on the internet was like we'll just wait to the playoffs and it's yeah. like just fuck off like, and I mean honestly you guys, when, you guys are just Lakers fans who are mad that when, he spurned you when I say that it's like I was just what I was like told I mean I didn't have like any I didn't look up any history or knowledge of Paul George but uh, he does I mean, but then, although Andy, but the real realistic stuff of this is, if the Clippers are going to win a title, I think he does need to eventually like step up at some point. Well, yeah, there, there's the thing is, it got willed into existence, and uh, you know, at first I could be angry at a guy, and then now it's just like this sucks. This is a guy who uh, is broken. His head's yeah. broken because the people on the internet got to him. Yeah, and I'd love to be able to be like, well, just don't don't listen to it. Um, mm-hmm. It's hard. Agree, yeah. It's hard. It's hard to, to escape that. Uh, it clearly affected him because he's not. Well, he's not this bad. He is a good speak, shooter. He is one of the best shooters no, in the I, NBA. Andy, what did I? What did it's I literally like, tell you? Like, what was it? A week or two ago, I said if it was the last seconds of the game, I'd rather have it in Paul George's hand than Kawhi Leonard's. Cause yeah, because that first Lakers game, remember that? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, George like, is a really good shooter. But yeah. it, but anyway, but speaking of like saying how like the people of the internet, I saw something the other day that talked about how Kevin Durant when he got caught with that burner account and then said he deleted it and then said. He realized that he got a lot of joy out of having a burner account and said that <laughs> he was like, you know what? I deleted that because so many people were like, called me out and told me I should and yada, yada. And he's like, so, and he admitted yesterday, like a couple of days ago in some like podcast interview thing or something that he still has multiple burner accounts. He made more and he's like, I enjoy it too much. <laughs> yeah. So it is just kind of funny that. So, I mean, as a fan, I don't have any like connection to Paul George. It's his first year with the team, Yeah, but I still feel bad, but. Why I say it's so hard is like, I have to see this shit every fucking October with Clayton Kershaw. Where, <laughs> and then like, okay, every NFL discussion, every two weeks, I'll see a discussion of like, is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer? And like, no, he sucked in the playoffs, never got it done. I'm like, why the fuck does all my teams, that's all what they're known for is, well, when it comes to the playoffs, then they're just going <laughs> to fuck it up. And it's just like, this is you not fun. Andy, it's just not fun. I will say one day, if the Lakers don't win it this year, I kind of hope it is the Clippers because I just want to watch you one day watch one of your teams win their cha- the title. Oh, I, yeah. I don't, I think it'll, it, there's not going to be, I'm not going to have a parade by myself or anything. I think well, you, you will. Have a, I was thinking you would. We'll yeah. probably a, just like fall over. We'll and then, shotgun a white claw together yeah. or something. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. It just, that, that's, that's the point. There's no, there's no happiness from it. There's only like relief. Like in game three where they were better the entire game. There, was, there wasn't, like, all that much excitement, except when Landry Shamit hit that insane buzzer-beater, you know, bank shot. That was cool. Yeah. But, you know, otherwise, it's, like, it's not fun to watch your team, like, struggle to get through the first round when this is the, this is the best team they've ever had in their franchise, and it's such a struggle to, I mean, maybe get by a seven seed. It's, like, that sucks. I don't want to see that. Yeah. Like, they really should, they should just take care of business like the Lakers are doing. Yeah, Lakers. They lost that game one. They're like, well, we got to just fucking turn it around because we're better than these assholes. Yep, and they they did it. So, yeah, momentum. I mean, Le- and they got LeBron, and there was no way they were going to lose. Le- Le- yeah, LeBron, LeBron doesn't lose in the first round. Nope. No. So Charles Barkley, you're stupid. You should be fired. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually coming on next week. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see what so he has to thing. say about that. LeBron knew last year his team wasn't that good, might lose in the first round, and he's like, I'm taking the rest of the year off, so we're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, it was a smart move. Yeah. Pulled his groin, sure. Dancing in Bermuda. 
<laughs> All right. Well, is that wrapping up our NBA talk? Well, do you guys think I'm crazy? Do you think Clippers will will win two out of the next three here in advance? Yeah. Easily. Yeah. I think they're advancing. No. I think Come they're going to win tonight. They're. I think they're going to win tonight. I think they're going to cover tonight, and then they'll be up three two. And then I think Game Six, especially if Porzingis comes back, could be close. But I mean, the Clippers aren't losing this series. Luca can't do it on his own. There's too many, too much depth and too much talent, too much good coaching on the Clippers side to have one 21 year old beat them. If this was like women's tennis, maybe, <laughs> you know, those young well, girls are good. Then uh, the second round, they'll have to match up with Joe Ingles and he'll go for like. See, now that Andy is like a round. Well, hey, Denver won tonight. Who's just, it's no home court. Who's to say Denver can't win two more? Uh, we'll see. If it's the clip, but I would pre- much prefer to see Clippers versus Utah because I think Clippers Utah would be a great series. And then Lakers-Rockets would be kind of exciting. Lakers-Thunder, I think, would be not as exciting. But uh, I mean, Chris Paul is an ass to yeah, everyone. West, that's, that's fun West, to see. Westbrook but, will be back by then if they go Oh, and to the he's an round. ass to everyone, too. So. Yeah, that series will be more exciting. But, yeah, I don't know. It'll be, uh, it'll be fun. The East is what I'm honestly, like, for the first time saying this, the East is what I'm looking forward to because I think that Final Four is going to be good. I don't think it would matter who would match up against who in that Final Four. I think it's going to be a good series no matter what. I would be shocked if any of those series – Definitely end in a sweep. I would even be shocked if any of those series end in five games. Those those four teams, it's kind of a joke. They're so much better coached than what's left in the West, I would oh, say. Oh, yeah. Brad Stevens is a little <laughs> wizard, dude. I mean, they're all great. I mean, it, it's Bolstra. People forget how good of a coach he actually is. And yeah. Then, uh, I mean, Nick Nurse probably should win Coach of the Year again. I mean, he won't. But he did. He did? Yeah, it was announced on a— Oh, like, we didn't, uh, he didn't win last year. Sunday or something. He didn't win last year. Buttonholes or one. Or Saturday it was announced. Yeah, yeah, he won. And then Giannis won Defensive Player of the Year today. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. What else we got on tap? How about some NHL playoffs? Yeah. How have you been uh, liking that? Uh, not as much as Joe over here, yeah. but Thank you. I've been enjoying it. I mean, I think they're a couple good series. I mean, Joe and I have been— High on the Islanders, like this whole playoffs. I mean, they're a team that I would love to put some money on still to like win it because they're they're the real deal. They've been playing really good. Their uh, goalies thirty nine or 40, 39 seconds away from breaking the team's playoff record for consecutive shutout minutes. He's gotten a shutout in two straight games and then adding on what to whatever he had shut out in the previous game. And uh, they they just look good, and then Lightning and Boston's a great series. Which uh, what I don't even know what, what is the updated it's score on two that? two right now. Two, I think two. it's like six minutes left in the period. Yeah, one zero Boston in the series. One zero Islanders. Vegas up one zero on Vancouver, which I'm hoping Vancouver can give them a series because Vancouver is a nice, young, exciting team. And then the surprise series so far: Colorado down o two to Dallas. Yep, so, Dallas gaining momentum. And too. also, Andy, I remember like we talked when we gave our NHL predictions all the way back in whenever. You, I think you predicted Dallas to win it I think, all. Or? I think I did put Dallas yeah. in because I liked uh, they had they had you know the veterans there yeah, along the with veterans. the young stars. And, they, so. and what I'm starting to notice now with these NHL teams is it's the teams with the that have a couple goalies to rely on. Like you look at Vegas right now, the goalie they're using isn't even Flurry anymore. They're using <laughs> the guy they picked up from the Blackhawks, Leonard. They, they only have one, right? Who? Well, there was some controversy there with uh, Flurry. Oh really? His his agent like posted like a picture of the coach stabbing him in the back. Oh. And Flurry had to be like, take that shit down. Like, no, yeah, we're trying to win a title yeah. here. What are you doing? And then uh, it's funny sometimes why agents just like oh, yeah. get, put themselves in there. Yeah, because they're they feel like they're losing money. If yeah. Flurry's on the bench, how am I supposed to get him signed for big money somewhere else? Oh yeah. Although and, he's old, so yeah, no, he's, he's gonna get a big contract yeah, somewhere. I yeah, I think he's done. He did have his good years in Vegas, but he should have won it that first year with them. But uh, and, yeah, and then, but Dallas has two good goalies. They have Bush, Bishop and Kudobin or whatever his name is that's been around a while. 
And uh, they, that team is a veteran team. They know they added Pavelski and Perry this year, who I think have been doing pretty well in the playoffs. You still have Tyler Segan, you know, Jamie Benn. They have a couple young guys that I haven't heard of that I know are doing well. Every time I look, they're always scoring goals. So yeah, I mean, that's the thing I love about the NHL is it's always anybody's game. And right now, like gun to my head, I couldn't even tell you who I think is going to win it all. Islanders. I mean, gun to my head, I'm not saying the Islanders, but I, I do think they could. I think, I mean, I could see the, I, I, honestly, every single one of these teams that's left, except for the Flyers in Vancouver, I could see winning it. And Get even this. still Colorado down 0-2, just because there's no home ice. The Islanders seem like that would be fun, because it's, I don't know. They're when, just when such a they, gritty team. Have they won yeah. before? Like, they have everything. I don't know, actually. They're well coached. They, the goalie's on fire. They're playing good defense. they got two good players. I mean, yeah, dog, baby. Yeah, and we'll soon be out of Canadian teams again, right? That's just how it goes. Yeah, but Boston's going to be it's, tough. Boston's tough. It's crazy the the streak that uh, the whole nation of Canada is on. They just can't. Have they not won anything ever? Uh, they haven't won anything since Montreal. Since Gretzky won in with Edmonton or something. <laughs> oh bad. yeah, it makes sense because Montreal dominated the '80s and stuff. And then yeah, Gretzky. I thought they've been there though. Vancouver got there. And Calgary was there and lost. Calgary got. There. I think Edmonton got there one year. Yeah. I think they. Edmonton got there, I think, the year they like Tampa Bay won it. Because I think the big thing about that was they were like the two eight seeds or something. Yeah. Which again is beautiful about hockey. You'll never see two eight seeds in the NBA go in the finals against each other ever again in, in the existence of the <laughs> earth. Yeah. I would bookmark that. You didn't see the magic this year making it? <laughs> no, I didn't. I mean they're still alive, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and so is Portland, I guess. So maybe hey, yeah. I guess it's still possible. But uh do we have anything else to talk about? Because if not, I got one more thing. Um, the Champions League. Yeah, did come I think to you want end. to talk about one of the stars in soccer, right? Yeah, the Champions League did come to an end, and I'll get to what you're talking about next. Champions League came to an end. It was just as I, I think I predicted on here. I know I said it to some people, but Bayern Munich did get to play PSG in the finals, and it was a one-zero victory. And it just looked like, especially with single elimination stuff, and it was going to be Bayern Munich's year. And speaking of Bayern Munich, one of the teams they knocked out was Barcelona in an eight-two victory, and that eight-two loss for Barcelona will probably be the last time Messi played for Barcelona because he announced today and Barcelona confirmed it that Messi has said he wants out. He does not want to play for Barcelona anymore. And the favorites to land him at 2-1 to odds is Manchester City, which would be absolutely disgusting. But what would be exciting is the team at 4-1 to odds that wants him, Juventus, which already has a man by the name of Cristiano Ronaldo on the team. If Messi and Ronaldo got to play together in a soccer field, Honestly, I think that would be fucking awesome. But it's all the way in Italy. I couldn't go to a game. So uh, he's never played anywhere else before. Like he's been with Barcelona since he's No, like it's just been Barcelona right? and Argentina. Yeah, because he was one of those guys that was in Barcelona's camp when he was like nine years old. He oh, was that, like that a phenom. Early. Okay, yeah, shit. And that's what happens to a lot of these guys. Like there's this one guy on Liverpool, their defenseman, that's been there since he was like eight, ten years old. And there was a really cool clip I saw the other day of this guy on uh, Chelsea. His name's like Mount or whatever. His last name is Mount. He, uh, there was a cool clip of him as a, like a 12 year old in Chelsea's camp talking about how he was going to do this free kick and talks about how he's going to, where he's going to kick the ball and how it's going to bend right where he wants it. And they show him do it and he does it. And then they showed it uh, side by side to like a, about a couple, like a month or two ago, he did, he had a free kick in basically the same spot and did the same thing. So it was pretty cool how they did the little like side by side video view of him as like a 12 year old and then him as 20 year old, 19 year old, whatever he is now. Like doing the same thing, <laughs> but that's how it is out there in Europe. That's how big soccer is. These kids go out there as 
eight years old, they go into, they don't even go to like real school. They're just in like this academy and they do school there and they play soccer. And then by the time they're like 15, 16 years old, they sign a contract and they're out there. So that's got to happen quick, right? Because when do they start back up? So I know the Premier League starts back up within the next week or two. Like I'm pretty sure in like two weeks. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Um, So is that like he's going to do, you know, a few years and then head over here? I think so. I was actually talking to my dad about that today. I think for sure Ronaldo, they've already said they think for sure within the next two or three years or something, Ronaldo is going to end up over here. And I think he'll, and he'll either go to the galaxy or like intern Milan, which I mean, intern Milan, I'm sorry, Miami, Miami (laughs) FC or whatever. Like they, he'll go to one of those teams. And I think plain and simple, it's because if he's going to play MLS, he's only going to want to live in Los Angeles or Miami. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's true. I think, I think if, if Messi wants that spotlight, he might come over here one day, but I don't know. I, I can see Ronaldo coming to the U.S. because he just seems like he's so USA to him. But I, I can't see Messi moving his family out here. But who knows? I mean, Messi's only like, I don't know how old they are. I think like 33 or 4 or something. So Yeah, I think it, 33. I think Ronaldo's so, like, so. yeah, 34, 30. I think he's like just turned 34 or something. But yeah, I mean, I think for sure Ronaldo will be out here in a couple years. Because Ronaldo, let's face it, he's going to be like LeBron James, Tom Brady. He, Ronaldo's going to play until he's in his 40s. I think like 40, 41, 42, especially if he can and have that attraction still. Oh yeah. He'll never have an attraction <laughs> on and off the field. <laughs> Whoa. But, uh, yeah, Florida sounds right then. Yeah. I, I feel like that he's a Miami guy. Right. I just have a feeling he's, he's more of Miami than LA, but you know, he's got the beach. Well, I mean, I mean we've, we've got, we've got a LAFC has to make a big splash at some point. Yeah. But it seems like these teams still just go to the galaxy. Even yeah. I know. Like, they got to just, they got to do something. Right. And LAFC is always better. I mean, Zlatan was very exciting in L.A. Beckham was pretty exciting. Ronaldo would be very exciting. Yeah. We can't wait to see. Is that going to wrap up our sports? I believe so. I'm done talking. All right. It's been solid. You've been listening to episode 181 of the Tony's Take Podcast. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we had Off-Road. He's in Morning Andy. Goodbye. (laughs) Tony Katz. Yes, goodbye. And Wrecking Ball. So long. See you later.